Hello and welcome to Between the Mountains Adventure Podcast. As we listen to the episode, if you do enjoy what you're hearing, please follow, subscribe and share it with a friend who you think would enjoy it too. And consider checking out the Patreon links in the description below. You can also check out the social media links on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and come check out the Facebook group too so that you can share your own videos and pictures of your travels as well. Today's guest is Alex Staniforth from Mind Over Mountains Charity. It's a charity that gets you outdoors, brings people together as a community and gives you all the tools that you need for your headspace and for your mindfulness. And it is something that I can massively get behind. I came across them as I was on the National Outdoors Expo website and I saw their work there and I checked them out and it was fantastic. Sent them over a message and we put together this episode just to chat about the work they do, how much they've grown and how they can potentially help you. But we also chat with Alex and his background. He's been to the Himalayas, he's been on Everest, he's also ultramarathon run, the National Three Peaks Challenge over in the UK, which is just an immense feat. He's got a couple of books out and he's a very well experienced person who has that background to be able to empathize with those who come to the charity and need some support. But with no further ado, let's get into it. Let's hear from Alex himself about his background and the work that Mind Over Mountains are doing. And you can check out the links for Mind Over Mountains in the description below if you want to go and check them out. So hello Alex, welcome to the podcast. How are you feeling today? Hi Chris, yeah, I'm good thanks. You know, it's a Friday morning, it's the week, but just uh, staying positive and staying focused really. Yeah, absolutely. And th- we were just talking before we hit record, you've, you've just moved to the edge of the Lake District, which is a, a wonderful place to spend a Friday morning, I think. Uh, yeah, I've been here now about 18 months, and I think the last few months especially, I've been very grateful for that. Um, the weather today is looking a bit patchy, as, as is quite normal around here. Um, be on a run at some point today, just um, I don't I don't kind of run in the rain unless I have to nowadays. So uh, it's nice to be able to sit here and just watch out, you know, the hills and plan things for the weekend, really. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so I would have already mentioned this in an intro already, but Alex is uh, co-director. I think is the 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 title you give yourself, or just just director. Um, yeah, director and co-founder. I think at the moment it's it's a very small team, but you know myself and Chris, who was my first mentor, you know, has been a great friend for kind of over eight years now. We're kind of joined, you know, in the project, and he's a you know he's he's a director as well. But yeah, we're kind of co-founders and and founding uh, trustees as well. Mm. So I came across Mind Over Mountains Charity um, on, I think it's the National Outdoor Expo uh, website. And I, I straight away, that was right up my street because I'm a big advocate for, for mental health and, and mindfulness. And I think you know, the mountains just have a certain effect. And, the, and then that as well, even if it's not the mountains, just being outdoors just really helps. So straight away, fell in love with the uh, <laughs> in love with the idea and just threw a message out to you and so yeah it'd be brilliant just to hear briefly before we get into you as a as an individual it would just be briefly great to hear how great the charity is and and what generally speaking you do yes yeah, so in a nutshell um we started as a cic which is a community uh, interest company or a social enterprise um 
and we became a charity just over a couple of months ago, actually, so fairly recently. Um, Congratulations. So long, yeah, long process to get there, but well worth it. I guess it all started when I was involved with a company called Adventure Uncovered, and they wanted to do an event, kind of a social impact event, promoting benefits of the outdoors for mental health. And a year earlier, I'd done my Climb the UK challenge, which is all fundraising for young minds by climbing, walking, running and cycling to the highest point of all the counties in the UK. Um, I think that had been raising awareness of my own, you know, mental health story and challenges, but also trying to get others to talk about it as well. And and basically they wanted an ambassador for this event, somebody that had been there and, and kind of lived experience. So I got involved with them and I kind of got really excited and passionate about it and took over a little bit and wanted to make it more than just a hill walking weekend in the lakes. You know, I, I found a, a location, Skidor House, which is in the middle of nowhere. And I brought in, you know, I brought in Chris, who he coached me, he mentored me and got me out of many of my own troughs and um, felt that he could be really beneficial to the group brought in a friend who, who did all the mindfulness and, uh, you know, an inspirational speakers as well. So we have this kind of full holistic approach to mental health. So it's more than just the fresh air, you know, it's about giving people that support and the tools at the same time. And then just to get them away in the mountains for a weekend with no phone signal is so rare. So we did that event, blown away by it, really inspired by the difference it made, but wanted to make it more charitable so that the people that were there were, were there for the right reason. Uh, we did it again the following year, me and Chris, and then, like again inspired by it but wanted to make it as a charity so we could help more people and access you know funding and things um and so yeah this year we had more plans but obviously covid had different plans for us so <laughs> the name like mine you know with a name like that we had to adapt and be resilient which is all about you know which is all our ethos and uh this year we've been doing united you know, one day events which combine you know a day walking in small groups where we can obviously you know obviously we're not allowed to do the overnight stays so um combining it with you know the you know the virtual sessions you know for kind of guided coaching and mindfulness that way so we're just looking for new ways to help people really and where it came from is just this um this realization of how powerful the outdoors or the you know or the natural health service as i call it uh, is for our mental health and you know i've suffered with anxiety depression and an eating disorder you know on and off in episodes for sort of eight years now and it took me longer to get the help i needed on the nhs um than it did to cycle walk and run five thousand miles around the uk That's which is not. it's not good enough and i know it's just because there's a lack of resources you know and in that time i was lucky that i had i found purpose in the outdoors you know we need purpose not just pills and that really i'll be honest it really saved me because just having something to get out of bed for it didn't cure me you know it was no magical it was no magical pill but actually it just gave me that that reason to, that perspective to fight back and keep on going and, and want more people to access that yeah i agree wholeheartedly with that as well like it's you know it, i think if, you, if you're suffering from mental health from a specific event that can be fixed if you're going to put such a sort of general term on it but if you are someone who has it, it it's not going to go away it is like unfortunately fortunately i don't know like it, it's made me appreciate some pretty good times um but uh unfortunately it's a uh, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. So you're absolutely spot on. I think purpose, not pills is such a fantastic phrase for that. Not just yeah. suppressing it, but sort of accepting it, living with it, managing it. Otherwise it'll manage you. Yeah. And don't get, you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, I've, I've been on, you know, antidepressants and very open about that and very open about my mental health challenges because I feel doing that will help others to open up. But I think that 
it's not for everybody and we need our own individual tools in the meantime you know i think having an active outdoor lifestyle can prevent and minimize and reduce a lot of the symptoms that where the natural response is just to go you know to go on pills and try and solve it that way that's it's more of a distraction you know it's um it's just a plaster on the problem i think and uh, i think for me is often it's about balance in life and sometimes things are out of balance and the outdoors i think can really help to re-establish that so i think there's definitely a place for both yeah absolutely it's um it's just mitigating the risk isn't it and, and having a more of a long-term plan for, for managing it so i thought another place to start off with more detail is where it all began and that is with you so you've got quite a fascinating outdoors uh well cv career <laughs> um so i suppose a good place to start off is right at the start what what got you into the outdoors what got you thinking this way I guess to go back a long way and well it's probably not that long because I'm only uh, I'm only uh, 25 um but I think I'd always been been around nature you know my parents weren't particularly adventurous or into outdoor sports but um I was lucky to be brought up in the countryside you know spend a lot of time walking the dogs in the forests and you know going away to north wales and just you know I was quite comfortable with being out on walks and in the countryside and and enjoying being in the elements um I was never into sport or physically fit. You know, I, I hated sports at school, hated PE. Um, but, but I think the real changing point was when I was about 14, I was on holiday in Turkey with my mum. And school was a real challenge for me, as it is for most people. But I had a malform of epilepsy when I was a child. And although that was that was brought under control, it actually was the catalyst for a, a big variety of different challenges. So. Uh, anxiety and panic attacks you know having a seizure in mcdonald's meant that for many years just just the smell of fast food could start a panic attack Damn. so i was learning to sort of manage that at quite a young age at a really important age i've had a stammer ever since i've been able to speak and you know it's strange because now i'm you know a motivational speaker and i really struggle with phone calls and kind of one-to-one chats you know I've, I've smashed up phones at home just through the frustration of not being able to say my own name I can be on the train to a talk to speak to 400 people and not be able to ask for a ticket and then I get there and then I'm fluent. Um, long story, but with with that and being, you know, relentlessly bullied at school, um, I had no confidence, I had no drive to achieve. I believed I was born to fail. But then on holiday, I just had this urge to try something called paragliding. Um, it's quite an extreme sport. You know, I've, I've got this habit of throwing myself in the deep end. I don't know where, I don't really know where the urge came from, but I think I started to question all these limits that, that I put on myself and that all these challenges had kind of conspired against me. And um, I, I just you know, decided I had to do it. I, I, I didn't want to be held back anymore. I wanted to achieve my full potential. And this paragliding flight, I'd always been interested in sort of flying in the air, but nothing like this. And um, yeah, I'd never been so scared in my life, but I did it. And I think doing that made me realize that suddenly wow I can achieve a lot more than I think and it mm. changed this whole victim mentality to a victory mindset thinking right what can I achieve next I think the biggest lesson from that was you know we don't always challenges we can just choose how we respond yeah and from then on I literally felt like I could I could take on anything you know I really felt that what was the next challenge you know I wanted to find a way to prove myself wrong and, and, and prove all the bullies wrong and I think that was where it all started you know from then on I went hill walking in the Lake Districts and that was when the Everest goal started you know Everest standing on top of the world 
captivated me and and you know it seemed to be the biggest thing that I could overcome and and now I was starting to think well why not and that was a whole different story but uh you know one moment changed my my whole mindset I think if you change your mindset you can change your whole direction absolutely yeah absolutely I I can kind of relate to that as well I've uh I, I didn't really have much as a kid I didn't have anyone saying you can't do this but I never had anyone saying go on try like really um, and so I've always grown up saying, oh, I've got, I've got vertigo. I can't do it. I've got vertigo. I'm like, nope, can't do it. I've got vertigo. And then I, I've got quickly realized a few years ago that uh, I was basically labeling myself and, and therefore self-fulfilling pro- prophecy. I was be- becoming vertigo. <laughs> yeah. And so just this year, for instance, I, I did a high ropes course. Um, and then, um, at the Bear Grill Center at the NEC and then, which I'd recommend to anyone listening. Um, and then I went, uh, and did a skydive as well. So, um, I still struggle on top of ladders, but I've jumped out of a plane. So. The only way to face it is to confront it, you know, and exposure to fear, I think, because labels are, the, the labels are limiting. That's what they're there for. Um, so, yeah, I think it was just about changing my mindset and then finding this sort of freedom, this confidence where it was only me versus the environment. Therefore, I got that self-confidence, you know, because I was responsible for success for the first time. I think ever since then, I've just never stopped challenging myself. So moving moving from that point then and then getting to the start of mind over mountains what kind of key highlights are there for your outdoors career and and either just in an epic trip all the way through to you growing as a person wow um peaks and troughs is the is probably the way to describe it i think we've all been through those recently as well um but peaks and troughs and challenges are what make life worthwhile crikey i'd much rather that than just going through flat all the time yeah um, I guess the real highlight was Everest. You know, that was the be all end all. And I spent four years training and making a plan to actually make that goal a reality. You know, I'm, my parents were never just going to sign me the check for a commercial Everest expedition on the south side in Nepal. It's about £35,000 when you take into account all the kit and everything and all the training. Um, probably, probably, no, probably more than that, to be honest, because I did, um, I did a 7,000 metre peak in Nepal. You know, I tried one. Um, beforehand I climbed Mont Blanc at 17 did a lot of climbing in the UK wow. uh, and in Scotland so crammed a lot into a short time and washing pots in the local pub wasn't going to pay for the trip so corporate sponsorship was the only option I had and that itself became a full-time job whilst doing my A-levels and, and, and I guess getting to Everest um, like it was kind of the gap year project that didn't end I think we've all had some of those but um, when, when I you know eventually got there uh, a day before we arrived at base camp. I mean, this is a two-month expedition, so three weeks in. A massive avalanche tragically killed 16 climbers as it was full. So that was the end of the expedition. You know, we had no choice but to, to go home. Yeah. And there was that mentality of, you know, the mountain doesn't give a damn how hard you've worked, how much you've spent. Life is going to treat us the same way. You know, and actually I've been so terrified of failure that, I, you know, I didn't even think it was an option. But actually sometimes it's out of our hands. And that's yeah. mountaineering for you. That's adventure in general. But I realised this was just an opportunity to to come back stronger. So in that time, I did another year of training and some endurance challenges because you realise that high altitude is really 90% mental, 10% physical. At least a lot of people agree on that. Both still very, very important. And um, went back to Everest in 2015 when the earthquake hit Nepal. So things went a bit pear-shaped again. And yeah, um, yeah very lucky to still be here, really. So that was another... Yeah, it really changed that country around, didn't it? 
Yeah, and it's still recovering now. And, you know, it's such a poor country that gives so much. I mean, 9,000 lives taken. We saw this beautiful place just devastated. Mm. Um, and that inspired me to do some actually fundraising towards trying to help the earthquake victims. So when I came back from this kind of trauma, you know, trying to help gave me a purpose. It helped me to recover from the depression and the trauma that followed. Um, you know, I decided if I couldn't climb Everest, I was going to cycle it. So I cycled, you know, the height of Everest in one day, um, you know, which, which is known as uh, Everesting in the cycling world. Started <laughs> on my first book, Icefall. Um, did some work, work for a charity called Phase, uh, Phase, Phase Worldwide. It worked out in Nepal in the really like, isolated areas. But there was, there was something else missing. You know, I needed a new challenge. And and so Chowayu was the sixth highest peak in the world in Tibet. I went to that in 2016. That was an amazing trip just because it was like how its tradition should be, you know, out in a really remote part of the mountains, lots of exciting drama, lots of good stuff happening. Didn't reach the top. Um, I was the only one of, well, two two of of us on the team of 14 didn't summit. Um, Got to about 7,200 metres when, you know, the altitude got me. I've always been terrible at altitude. So that was that, but a real life-changing, memorable trip for so many reasons. But that's when I had a bit of a, a light bulb moment again. And I kind of had this mentality of, you know, why am I really here on this mountain halfway across the world at, you know, 23,000 feet in minus 20 degrees? It's like, mm. what if I'm always chasing the top, I'm never going to get there. You know, we're always chasing that next big thing. Mm. And then I started thinking, what can I do differently? You know, and I'd been inspired by a girl called uh, Elise Downing who walked around the coast. Well, she ran around the coast of the UK um, in 20, that same year. I started to think, what could I do close to home? So I guess the next big highlight was, you know, the Climb the UK Challenge in 2017. You know, that was the hardest thing I'd done. It made me realise that I didn't need Everest anymore. Um, wrote my second book, Another Peak, which came out last year, um, based on that journey and mental health and how I venture connects to that. And then I guess since then, really, um, you know, there's been lots of little things, you know, uh, I think running is my main sport, so lots of races and marathons. And then my, I guess my biggest highlights, fairly fresh, um, about six weeks ago, I ran the National Three Peaks. So most people, I'm sure, have heard of the National Three Peaks, Ben Nevis, Scarfell Pike and Snowden, which actually was my first challenge in 2011 uh, when I was 16. Um, but this year I decided to do things a bit different, entire distance between them. So that's about 450 miles in nine and a half days. Um which is definitely the most ridiculous and difficult thing I've tried. But um, that has raised £11,000 again for actually minor mountains. And I guess I'm still reeling in the high of that one. So, yeah, busy few years, I guess. <laughs> Not only does that create such a wonderful foundation for, for what you do and for yourself, but like you're only, like, I, I don't say this as an elder because I'm only 27, but at 25, you've achieved all of that. That's nuts. That's brilliant in itself. But going back to what you said as well about um, chasing the top and the summit, uh, previous guest John Gupta on the show, and he talks about how a lot of his clients go to him and they say, I want the summit, I want the summit, and they keep talking about the summit. And then after they've been out a few times, they understand it's not just about the summit, it's also about the experience. And he said he's had clients before who have chosen not to summit because they're happy with what they've achieved and done and the views they've had that day uh, to then like like sort of call it a day and head back. So. So, yeah, it's, it's about the journey for sure and for sure yeah key lesson was learning to enjoy the journey in the process because otherwise you're always chasing that next fix and you're never quite going to be satisfied um yeah. the summit is the bonus you know 
with the three peaks, I mean, I broke success into three areas. You know, one of them was to actually complete this mad run that I didn't think I could do. I'd never done a multi-day ultramarathon before that. Secondly, it was to raise the ten thousand pounds, you know, on the charity. And thirdly, was to break the actual best, you know, you know, the best time was to break the current men's record. I only got, uh, you know, I only got to two of those. You know, on the final day, I was just exhausted. Just the lack of sleep got me, and yeah. I ended up, you know, having a snooze in a bus stop. But actually, it's the same sort of thing of making a decision just to take take it a bit easier to drop that record in order to complete the actual journey and. In some ways, had I broken the record, I think it really would have taken away from the experience. So that leads us very nicely then into what we now know today is Mind Over Mountains. So we've briefly chatted about um, you know, about to give people purpose and a more holistic approach and the day events. But now going into a bit more detail, what kind of what does day to day look like and what kind of things can the listeners perhaps what kind of things can we get involved with with the charity? Well, at the moment, I mean, we're still a very small team and, and, you know, it's still early days and we've had a really busy summer. I mean, things have gone really exciting, which is brilliant. Um, I think we've all seen the importance of having nature around us during lockdown. Crikey. I mean, every man and his dog were out walking just because Boris said we could, um, <laughs> which was actually, was actually in some ways it has been a, an opportunity for us to, to really raise awareness of that. But um, our main you know, offering, you know, is, is you know, is you know, events in the mountains where we combine, you know, the hill walking, which is guided, you know, obviously fully supported by MLs, you know, it's guided one-to-one in NLP, you know, by a coach, Chris, who, you know, has, has, you know, years of experience working with people just to, to basically work out what's going on in their lives and what changes they may need, you know, they may need to make on the bigger events, you know, there's also counseling. So we have somebody there who's obviously trained to deal with any difficulties people are facing. And, you know, the other kind of key part of it, it is actually mindfulness meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that's just a skill for dealing with stress and anxiety. And we combine all of this in the outdoor environment, you know, doing mindfulness in the mountains and having the coaching in the outdoor spaces. I think there's something special about being in the outdoors where it's easier to walk and talk, you know, than being face to face. People are people find this safe, confidential space where they can share what they're struggling with with like minded people. Mm. And we kind of combine all that into well normally it's a weekend you know we did those two events in skiddor house last year and the year before and normally it's like a weekend it's like a retreat you know where the, all the coaching and mindfulness and inspirational speakers people that have been there and and done it and achieved amazing things despite their mental health battles yeah. we you know you know we do that and again you know people pay for that but if people are in you know in hardship if you're unemployed then you know, we actually have actually bursaries um, so people, you know, oh, can access it. So that's kind of how it works, you know, where all the events are subsidised so that as affordable as possible. Yeah. But basically, we get such a big range of people that come along, some of them, you know, that are you know, doing, you know, so well in terms of their jobs and their income. They can afford the support, but they, they just need that break. Whereas there's some people that are obviously struggling, especially this year, the unemployment has obviously gone through the roof. That's how it works is that we're able to support the full range of people and the bursaries are what make it accessible. So that as a charity is our kind of main focus. Um, but obviously because of COVID, all the restrictions, they cancelled our events earlier this year, which is really frustrating because we're sort of scratching our heads looking for ways to help people when we kind of can't. And we have this perfect storm for mental health because you've got the isolation, the trauma, the anxiety. People have lost access to their to their you know, their family and their social contacts and just that 
yeah everybody has their own ways to cope whether that's going you know whether that's going on a walk or going you know you know watching a football match or just a pint in the pub with friends just hugging out people just lost their access to ways to cope we were looking how we can provide support in the short term so when things eased off a bit in july we had two events one in the lakes and the peaks where we kind of adapted that same model you know of this like holistic support with um you know, with, with all the guidelines on obviously on the social distancing. Um, and so we had kind of smaller groups where we did, you know, all the coaching and the mindfulness was done online instead. So we have a call on Zoom before and afterwards. And then obviously on the day, people have had a chance to obviously meet each other, meet the team. We do more coaching on mindfulness as we're walking. And so you're kind of taking people through this process. But what we want to create is this kind of like-minded group, people that have been in isolation they've had lots to obviously carry and manage during lockdown just yeah. bringing them together and letting people reconnect and you know meet as strangers and come down as friends and so we've done five um I think five of those programs now we've got another one coming up soon and with they've been incredibly inspiring to just see people really connecting zoom is fantastic but there's no substitute for getting on the hill and laughing and smiling and just being in the elements so yeah, so again, those events are available, you know, to anybody over 18 and there's bursaries again. So if people are struggling at the moment in hardship, those most affected by lockdown, including, you know, all the frontline workers, they can apply, you know, the bursaries. And again, anybody that needs any, you know, extra support, you know, that's more coaching and more counselling, then we can do that again at a discounted rate. And so day to day, that's what we offer. But we, you know, we are going to do actually more courses such as mental health for first aid, where again, we try and make that as accessible as we can. And all being well next year we'll be coming back with you know more of the overnight events and the one day walks so that some people n- might not necessarily want to have a full weekend away they might mm. not manage a full day walking so we're going to have some more easier accessible walks and our aim will be to be in every national park in the uk next year so that we nice. can reach people P- people you know i forget i i have hills on my doorstep but not everybody one in eight households in the uk don't even have a garden so how can we reach yeah. those people so day to day that's what we offer we've got one event next week we'll be doing some more in the winter because those i think mentally can be a really tough time i was yes. gonna ask that though like where you have you obviously weather depending but what, well, are you planning on doing some nice snowy days out well we'd have to obviously it'd be lower level you know we're not insured to go high up in the you need, you need obviously you know a winter mountain leader and it's of course it can, be, it can be sketchy you know um so it will be lower level and i think just a way of getting people staying active is really important and staying connected um yeah so we're not sure yet but we'll, we'll be doing something we're planning to go to the south downs definitely and, and yeah. in the forest and just trying to reach people all over and uh and next year you know maybe doing some you know, like, you know expeditions and kind of bigger events as well so um so yeah we're, we're building a really good it's kind of walk and talk as your family now which has been really inspiring and people are coming back and coming back for more support which is um great to be there for them it's fantastic so it's growing quite rapidly yeah yeah it's been obviously the free peaks gave it a bit of a launch but um this year people have really got behind us which has been amazing and it's such an incredible service like like i've said many times and i don't know how many times i would have said it in the intro to this because <laughs> i'll do it afterwards but it is yeah it's a it's a it's a brilliant service that you offer and i think from a a team that has done it and knows what they're doing so you know that you're going to be in some good hands that's definitely a big part of our ethos is having people who understand you know we've all been there and everybody has their own challenges but the team have that mutual understanding and empathy and i think that's what 
is really important to us that we have a very small core team that is constantly building but it has to be people that have been there and and they understand the power of that and yeah. um you know for me i mean obviously my thing now is probably hill running you know for some people it might just be it could be walking or cycling but we all have our own ways of dealing with that and uh and it's just that sense of actually it can affect anybody is it's really important you know um mental health doesn't discriminate well before we head off is, is there anything else that we need to know about your history but also mine over mountains well well could go back to a lot of places really i think um what i would say is um with the charity it's um you know we are really trying to reach as many people as we can so i think i would say to anybody if if they're struggling or know somebody who's struggling that obviously the hardest part can be taking that first step you know mm. we want to we know that's going to be a barrier for us because for somebody to sign up to come on a walk um it's quite a daunting prospect you know so i think we can guide people through the process you know we just would urge them to you know just contact us you know just an email and we can go from there and, and try and help them on that journey because sometimes it only takes that one good day out um and it could be a real changer and even last weekend we had an event uh, in edale and we had uh, storm alex which is no relation um but it was wet it was miserable it was like is anybody going to turn up and luckily we, you know they did we had a small group but it's that human connection is what it's all about you know it was so wet so windy we have our hoods up we can barely hear each other so we, we're walking and talking as best we can we're making fun of of just the situation you know we're you know it's wringing water out of our gloves i brought out a flask of hot chocolate which makes everything better and that's this is like moments of laughter when you're just there thinking why on earth are we doing this it's so much better than just sort of staying in bed and i think that human connection is going to be really important over these next sort of you know these next few months I'm sure all of us are looking for, well, had had plans that were cancelled. I had things that I wanted to do and my free peach challenge was, was pushed back by three months because of lockdown and then because I, because I sprained my ankle a week before. The, that ability to travel and go and eventually will come back, you know, and I can't yeah. wait to do something daft next year and, and get abroad. But for now, we've just got to look at what we can do. I think that would yeah. be, be my message to people is um, is to look at what, what we can do. You know, for now, I'll be focusing on my third book, um, still recovering from from the free peaks, you know, <laughs> doing that to my body. But uh, looking forward to getting back running in the hills and trying to get motivated again on these dark nights. So um, yeah, yeah, looking for that, that next challenge really. Just control what you can control. Definitely, yeah, and look out for each other. You know, the strong people that we think are going to be okay may be the ones that are least likely to ask for help. So reach out to them as well. Need to ask them if they're okay too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and just keep on planning adventures you know keep looking forward to stuff i know i am so but listen alex thank you so much if we if we wanted to follow along even if we either didn't have plans to or not quite ready to reach out yet but we want to see the events and see the photos is there any particular place that we can go to to keep in touch and keep updated Uh, on the charity we are quite active on facebook and twitter and now instagram and we share you know a lot about what we're doing and also any resources for help as well on there um so the best way to go is just well either search mind over mountains or our website is mindovermountains.org.uk we will be announcing some more events and programs over the winter soon um and next year so yeah head to our website or my you know or my site has a link to it as well alexstanleyforth.com you can find me on all the channels and by all means feel free to contact me personally if you don't want to you know reach the inbox but it's kind of it's probably going to come back to me anyway, but um, yeah, I'd love to hear from people and you know talk about adventures and hear about their plans as well. Well, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast, and um, hopefully we'll we'll speak again soon. 
yeah, thank you for having me. It's been great to, you know, share the stories and yeah, you know, hope everyone enjoys it. Thank you. If you enjoyed that, then please do hit like, hit follow and leave a rating if you can on Apple Podcasts. That would greatly help if you can drop a five stars there. Check out the Patreon and share it with a friend. More importantly, on this episode, please do check out Mind Over Mountains and the website and the work they do if you or someone you know could make use of them. It was fantastic hearing about Alex's background as well and everything he's been through, everything he still does. It was a really fun session for me to join in and bring to you guys. So I hope you have a fantastic day. Check out the social media links, check out the Patreon link, and I'll see you in the next episode.